Hi guys and welcome to the Mentality Podcast. I'm Stevie Ward and today I am joined by Ben Bidwell, who is better known as the Naked Professor. Ben is a coach, a speaker and a podcast host. We decided to go live one day on Instagram. We thought that we might record the proper podcast in the background, which is what you're listening to now. So there may be a different dynamic to this one, but I think it's a dynamic that will be incredibly honest and real. We both talk about our own experiences in the world concerning vulnerability, ego, and knowing what is important. Ben talks about his journey too, including how he was prompted to work with a coach himself because of a physical difficulty that he had around sex. After that, he started to look deeper into his life and how he believes that in search of masculine status, he had learned to bury emotions, lost authenticity, and lacked self-care and self-love as a result. This podcast shows a change from the way that he lived his life and how he lives it now. And this podcast is sponsored by our new partner, Better You, an award-winning natural health brand. Better You specialises in the pill-free supplementation of nutrients that have been underrepresented or simply omitted due to our modern diets and lifestyles, including transdermal magnesium and oral vitamin sprays. I recently did a podcast with the director, Andrew Thomas, who, after his dabbling with magnesium, this is important for people who suffer with asthma, it allowed him to drop an inhaler which had been his crutch his whole life after this dabbling with magnesium. The magnesium can also help with migraines and the relaxing of muscles and a big one, something that underpins everything that we do, sleep. These things are important for me, especially in my life right now. I also use a range of their supplements in the form of oral sprays, which are much easier than tablets. I use CBD, vitamin K, vitamin D, vitamin B, and turmeric and also a big one important for you vegans listening b12 vitamin b12 all good for my brain health but also keeping me ticking over as an athlete to get your hands on some of their awesome products head over to betteryou.com and check them out it's now time to jump into the pod enjoy Do I call you Ben or do I call you Naked Professor? Or... <laughs> <laughs> I think Ben's probably better, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, ben is uh, probably less of a mouthful. Less of a mouthful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Ben is. Um, uh, do you know what? I feel like, you know, when I first started Instagram, everyone had like a, a sort of catchy little name. Yeah. And um, and now I feel like it's going away from that. And I almost feel a bit stupid. I'd rather yeah. just be Ben. You know? <laughs> yeah. But I'm kind of stuck like, with it now. It's sort of gone to the cool, like, oh, like less. Less, um, less attempt at being cool now. It's like my my mate's got um, Dom Smith. I think it was first first bloke to ever is is actually part of mentality. Dom. Yeah. Um, I think he was first bloke to ever sign up to Instagram. He's just called hey. Dom Dom Smith. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so much easier, isn't it? No underscores. Nothing. Nothing shit like that. Um, nice. Jealous. So Jealous. so Ben. Um, I reckon we could we could we could kick off, mate, and um, yeah. For obviously Instagram live viewers coming from the mentality side, probably less sort of familiar with um, with your story and your journey. Um, obviously, the ones that are coming from yours, they, they, I imagine they will be. So it might be listening to the same story. But um, 
if you could go through that for mentality listeners, pal, and um, and what you're reckoning to to your journey up so up to date. Yeah, for sure. Um, thank you. Yeah, do you know what? First, it's 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 like a real privilege. I love these conversations. So to connect with you and to sit in this space and 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 to have this, um, who knows where it's going to go? But I know it's it's going to be a beautiful conversation. So. Um, and you know what? I, I'll link that into my story because 10 years ago, I never would have sat in that space and said that kind of thing. I would have viewed it as cheesy and, and not the kind of thing I should, I should say as a man. Um, I should have put up a front and tried to be cool and impress you. And uh, that, was the, that was the way I lived for 30 years, you know? And it, it, was, it was, in today's language, it was a big mask. Um, but I grew up as the youngest of three boys. I had two older brothers. They were kind of my heroes, six and eight years older. And uh, they were sort of fairly alpha men, you know, in the rugby circles. And and that's kind of what I saw at the time for masculinity. That's who I kind of saw as, as who I should be. And um, I saw Arnie on TV. I saw Sylvester Stallone. It was Rambo. It was Terminator. They were all these big, strong guys. Um, I always, the phrase, girls wanted to be with them, men wanted to be them. Were kind of the, the, and, and that was what I saw. If I wanted to thrive as a man, I needed to jump onto that stream. And um on the con on the contrary to that, my mum's a nurse. She's a very kind, compassionate, very loving woman. And um I definitely had that in me. But society told me that's not who I've that's not the man to be. That's that's weakness. And uh if you want to thrive in this world, you don't show those qualities. So um yeah, for 30 years I, I really I put on this mask and um tried to be the man that I thought I should be. And um age 30, I, I had I had this issue from the age of 18 that I struggled to orgasm in sex. And um, it was kind of a bit of a laugh, you know, a lot of the lads at, at uni and, and in my 20s, it was, you know, a lot of the lads were saying they suffer from the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a gift. Yeah, yeah. You know? The end of the scale. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And it was kind of a laugh and it, it kind of it served me. But at age 30, I, I started to be like, Do you know what? I'd like to be in a, in a sexually fulfilling relationship and I, and I want to have a family at some point. So this probably isn't really serving me. And um, I lived actually with a professional rugby player at the time who had an injury and he started working with a hypnotherapist to help him move on from the injury. And I was, you know, almost taking the piss initially. It was almost like, well, you think this, this woman's going to get you back playing by altering your mind. And he was like, well, nothing else is working. I'll give it a crack, you know? And um, she used to come to our flat. We'd have a cup of tea and sort of say hi. And, and um, week by week, I started to sort of hear what she was saying. I found it more and more interesting. And uh, it got to the point where I started to think, well, hang on a minute, have I got an injury here? You know, is my is my problem around sex? Is that is that an injury? And I guess my first vulnerable act was sitting down and saying to to this this woman who I barely knew, um, was you reckon you can you can help me with with what's going on with me? And and this is the situation. And she said, yeah, of course. And at that point, age thirty, that was the start of me rewiring my my mind, you know, and how I thought. And 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 she was, in my language, now returning me back to source, returning me back to my truth, um, who I really was, not who I was thinking I should be. And um, since then, it's just been this journey of self discovery and self exploration, and, and becoming more of my true self, if you like. And um, I now sit as a coach, having worked out that we can all change, and and it's a beautiful thing, and it can be positive. Um, I became a coach and now I try and help other people step into their authentic, powerful, most beautiful self, if you like. Yeah. So, well, there's a lot in there. There's a lot in there, Ben. And thanks for sharing that. It's, um, 
you know, it's a, it's a, I guess it's a great start off to, to what we'll, we'll eventually probably talk about. Um, I think there's probably a lot of similarities in in, uh, in what we put out there on, on mentality and and and, and uh, through your podcast and, and your Instagram and. Um, so that was age thirty, wasn't it? That 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 you sort of decided to to make that step. Um, I imagine, I imagine, and I'm only imagining um, from speaking to different people and, and going through my own experiences. There was sort of a um, a prelude to all this, and 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 different circumstances, different things that happened in your life, which I guess was sort of presented as normal to you, um, going growing up, and and um, which sort of got you to this point for right, okay, I'm actually going to speak to this hypnotherapist. I'm going to actually speak to, about mental health and and understand a way of of altering my mind and and to think about different things and. Um, I know in specific, um, just from your latest three Instagram posts, you talk a lot about ego. How how does that play a role from that 18 to 30 age, if you like? You know, what 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 was that like for you, um, building up to that that point and that crescendo really of, of being 30 years old and deciding to do something? Yeah, I think I think it's it's quite common. You know, at age 30, I know obviously you're only 25, 26, 26 uh, now. Yeah, 26. Yeah, so I'm 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 really excited for you know for you to be on this journey so young because without sounding patronizing because you know life began for me at 30 and I think for a lot of people around that age it becomes less about sort of having fun and like ticking the boxes and more about actually I want to feel alive I want to actually you know feel like I'm on track in my life I want to feel like I'm, there's purpose behind me um but that never really occurs to you in your 20s you're just sort of busy having fun you know and um and so that was kind of how it showed up for me. Yeah, throughout my, my sort of teens and 20s, my, my life was about ticking boxes and trying to impress other people. Fundamentally being kind of, the way I put it, your ego tries to impress other people and, and your heart is your truth. And so all the way through, I was trying to, I was trying to my, my ego was trying to impress everyone else. And I was living in tune with that because, because I didn't have any validation myself. There was no self-love within me. I needed it from other people. Um, and that's what I went out to do. And I didn't believe that my truth, this kind of compassionate sort of guy would be accepted and was what society wanted to see from me. So, and when you're not living in line with your truth and you're not living in line with, with that, what I call your heart, that energy inside of you, that, that raw truth, that, that, that thing that just knows that gut instinct, if you like, if you're not living in tune with that, it's very hard to build self-love. You're not aligned. You're not who you really, um, you really like, you're not living in line with the truth and, um, it's not a nice place to live and you can tick all the boxes you want and you can go on all the holidays and you can get all the money and you can, all the stuff that you want. But unless you're actually aligned and living in, in touch with your truth, you're never really going to feel truly, in my opinion, truly alive and truly on track. Um, so I, I whilst I was in my twenties, I was ticking all the boxes and, you know, a lot of people, I mean, Remember him, um, my first flatmate in London, who I didn't know. Remember, he said, uh, "Ben, like looking at your life, this is pretty epic. You're really living the dream, you know." And, and and I could see how he saw that there were girls, and it was all the cliches. But underneath it, I was there was just emptiness. It was like, is this it? Is this really it? And um, yeah, I, at the time, as a guy, I thought I need more money. I need more girls. I need more popularity. I'm just an ambitious guy. It's healthy. You know, that's what's missing. And, I, and it got to the point where I realized, well, do you know what? Maybe I've got to try and 
you know, the coach showed me I've got to try and change that. But and, and in saying all that, and I'd love to understand from you how you saw it, but I don't blame myself for living that way because that's the way that society showed me. You know, society said, this is who you should be. And I didn't make a conscious decision. This wasn't from my, from deep within. This was, um, this was what I saw from society that I needed to be. And I see a lot of men following that path. And um, so I don't blame them. I fell in that trap and I see a lot of other people and we're not taught the truth, if you know what I mean. Did, did, did you did you experience a similar kind of thing? Yeah, I, so I, I'm I'm hearing a lot of a lot. It's almost like um, it's almost like you're on a treadmill. Um, I don't know if, if that makes sense. You're on a treadmill of, of like you say, you, you you felt that emptiness inside, and you know I, I've been in a similar position where in my life I've had quite a lot of injuries um, and quite a lot of things that have stopped me progressing. I guess on that treadmill and and keeping on it because I've had a lot of periods of, of time away from that, um, I guess it's that, that, that constant searching for it or that constant trying to grasp for it and, and, and gain it. Um, so when you get knocked off the treadmill um, and you, you, you're doing it sparingly, you're not doing it enough, it's like, well, the sort of volume of it's taken down. So you realise, well, that's, that's actually not what's, what the thing is where it is with your values and, and I see sort of the the um, the ego side of it being like a sort of protection layer or like a external layer around the outside of of what is a really important stage to get to, which you sound like you have when you're thirty years old to um, to get to that stage consciously or to consciously understand that you aren't living to your values and you aren't living to what you you are yourself. Um, and it's, it takes some up and down moments, takes some um, figuring out, takes some reading, takes some um, reading and putting stuff down and not, not thinking stuff right. And, um, but I think, you know, that, that sort of first step where you, you do become conscious and you, you do connect with something, um, that's, that's really, like you say, the start to, to more. I, I think it's the start to more to what what you're presented with um, all the time in society. You're presented with, you know, the stuff that's, you know, capitalist sort of things that are, are going to make you happier than, than this sort of unfulfilled state that you're in. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, if I will get a new car, I will get a bigger house or, um, you know, it's, it's sort of been banded around a lot, but I think it is that sort of conscious understanding. The quicker that you get that um, and understand your values and what works from here from not involving the ego, um, you know, the, 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 the better you are, I think, and, and you can drop a lot of the um, charades, I think, going on around it. So, and that, and that's, that's what I see the ego as, is, is, is a protective mask, you know, the charades. You know, it's, it's trying to keep you safe, but it doesn't make you feel alive. No. Um, and a feeling alive's got to come from within. I know it's a cliche and I remember hearing that in my 20s and, you know, happiness comes from within and it's like, well, but what does that mean? You know, just, I just don't know what that means. That's true. And um, no, no one teaches us any of this stuff, do they? No. How are we meant to know? No, it's, it's, it's like, it's the easiest sort of physical um, thing that you can look at or that you can see growing up and then think, well, all right, yeah, so I've got to get a car, I've got to get a detached house, I've got to get a, you know, it's sort of like an easy thing to be prescribed rather than say, all right, well, along the journey, you're going to have to understand that 
you're going to have values that you need to live by. Um, and when you go away from them values, you're going to feel shit. Um, and then you're going to have to understand that you need to keep ticking these off going forward. And uh, there might be a time where the, the stuff that you are gaining, the stuff, the rewards that you are gaining, um, might not tick that box anymore. Um, so that, I guess that's a similar, similar sort of journey or similar story that I think, I think has been told to us for thousands and thousands of years, really. But it just keeps getting pushed back with different, um, different ways to to go around it. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does, and, and it does. And I, as I say, I really. I... I really strongly believe, and I'm, I'm sure this applies to women as well, but having lived as a man and understood the, the male path, you know, I, I used to think in my twenties, I almost used to think, well, the people who are, are happy for no reason, they're just not ambitious, you know, that's, and that's not me. You know, I'm, I've got drive and I want to achieve things and I'm going to be defined by this and this and this, and that makes me more of a man than you who's just happy with nothing. Mm. And that's I don't think I was, that's all ego. All ego all ego and um and also i understand why i thought that i'm not blaming myself it's kind of the the capitalist system it's it's drive and achieve more and let's get let's get more and let's consume you know so i don't i don't blame myself but fundamentally you know now where i'm at is the happier i can be with the less i've got that's 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 a sign of a good place and um it's actually been a really interesting experience with this with the, with the isolation period at the moment in that you know, we don't have all those opportunities to go externally. We can't, if we're feeling a bit low or a bit uninspired, we can't just go and sort of fix ourselves with a trip to the pub and, or, you know, go and watch a sports game or go and do whatever. It's not available. We've got to sit with what's, with what's within. And, um, that's a really hard challenge. And I, I, I again, I, I don't want to, um, sort of blow my own trumpet, but I've, I've really enjoyed this period. And, uh, you know, just sitting out on my, on my terrace in the sun with listening to music has given me a huge amount. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's quite, quite refreshing to, to hear that, but also to, to have that yourself, um, you know, and, and I guess like the, the, the ideas of those sort of external rewards and stuff, they can be packaged up, but you know, what, what you're talking about and what I've sort of, um, understood, you know, is can't really be packaged up, can it? It can be told to you and you can sort of explore yourself, but it's not really a, a specific package that you can you can go and buy over the counter. So it's 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 important that, that people like you, mate, are sort of putting those messages out, really, um, and advocating it. Well, I think even more importantly, people like you, if I'm honest, because um, where I'm coming from, you know, I can be put into a I can be put into a, a category, you know, it's just, I'm different to a lot of guys, perhaps, even though I was exactly one of those guys for a long time. But I think when it comes from, you know, a hero of so many people who's, who's there living out this very masculine dream of playing professional sport and an alpha sport as such, and you're sharing this message, it's that, that, that for me is like, this isn't a, a, a this isn't a, 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 we're different thing. That, that that you know we're, we're, we're I'm, I'm soft or this is this is returning to humanity it doesn't matter what kind of a man you are we've all got a heart and if we don't go internally there's always gonna be something missing i think i think i want to touch on what you were saying there like you know that perception that you had your your ego had um of um being uh oh well i'm a man you know i can't I've, i can't be just happy with nothing i've got to achieve and achieve and achieve I think that's sort of misunderstood I think when people are sort of leaning into 
that way of thinking that you're talking about, um, they go, fuck, no, nah, I, can't, I can't go down that rabbit hole because I'm not going to want to do anything. I'm not going to want to... It's like the more I've lent into it, the more I have wanted to achieve. But um, I guess it's from a, a, a place of, of content rather than struggling, you know, more striving than, than struggling, if that makes sense. So it's, it does make sense. And I also... I also think, because actually I'm very conscious of saying that, because in, in a sporting world, you know, you are defined by your results as a, as a team. Um, and I don't mean to be, sort of present a message that says your results don't matter just as long as you're having a nice time kind of thing. Because I, I also, you know, I, I think there is, like you just said, there's a very healthy difference between kind of our, our ego's ambition of wanting to impress other people, but also for me internally, you know, our heart and soul, it wants to, to be, living to our true potential and achieving. But that's about an internal reward rather than, you know, impressive, like knowing that you showed up, knowing you've given your best, knowing you've done yourself proud. That is for me is a very internal thing. That's like, yeah, I can look myself in the mirror and I've, I've done, I've done proud. I've done myself proud because I, I showed up there, you know, and I'm, I'm showing my potential to myself. I feel proud of who I am as opposed to like, Oh, I've achieved this and this and this everyone check out how good I am. Yeah. And that giving you the, the glow, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's true. It's sort of like a, just changing, changing those sort of destinations that you want to reach, and for why you, the why you're doing it, I guess. Um, yeah. And and, and I, why is always something big that I talk about. Is is that something that developed for you? You know, across across the time, um, and and what would you say your why is now? Yeah, I mean, like I, I my 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 why when I was growing up, well, I don't even know if there, there was a why it was very, it was very geared towards just instant gratification. There was no why beyond me. It was just like, I need to do what makes me happy now. And that often involved things that didn't really fill me at a deeper place. So sleeping with the girls and going out partying all the time and all the stuff, you know, they were all quick wins and they impressed people. But I didn't look at myself at the end of that in the mirror and go, I feel really proud of that behavior, you know, that it, it fed my ego and it was a bit quick win. And I kind of, you know, but internally I wasn't like, yes, this is who you're meant to be. It wasn't, it wasn't a deep why, like you said. Um, and I guess like now, you know, going, following on from what we were just saying about this kind of intrinsic, this making yourself proud, you know, my, my why is, is I do believe that I hope I've got the ability to be able to share this message and, and make it relatable. And I, and, I, and I haven't gone on the journey myself and living in two different, very different spaces now. My why is to try and help other people find more fulfillment within themselves because I know it's, it's a better way to be. I know that you experience more of life. Like I know if 30 years I never told my mum I loved her because I didn't think as a man I should show emotion deep down subconsciously. That wasn't, that was just what I saw, but I knew I loved her. She was, she's an amazing woman. She gave me everything. And it wasn't until the age of 30 that I started to think, okay, like I do love my mum, and I, it's important to me deep down. It hurts my ego at this but deep down. I want her to know that. And I remember like the pain of writing her a letter and saying, I, I never say this to you, mum, but I, I really love you and I really appreciate you and, and thank you for everything you've given me. And my ego going, oh my God, Ben, like your brother's going to take the piss out of you. You know what the lad's going to think of this and all this stuff. But my why is, 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 is about coming from within, like who truthfully beneath that surface, beneath that 
instant gratification, the quick wins. Underneath it, what's that about? And that fundamentally is, I know it's cheesy and a cliche, and I've, I've, but it's about love, kindness and compassion. That's what fills us up internally. And so if I want to feel that kind of aliveness inside, I've got, I've got to overcome this ego because the two are conflicting and my ego is saying, don't love, don't show emotion. My heart is like, love, like show them, be connected. So if I wanted to do this, I've got to overcome my ego. And, 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 um, and you've got to be strong to do that, haven't you? You do, because it's loud. Yeah, yeah, it'll keep, it'll keep coming back in, mate. It'll keep coming it back in. It will. <laughs> it's always there. I know, and I, but I think this is it. It's never going to go away. And, 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 but if you understand it and you get where you're coming from, then when it does chirp up, you're able, for me, I just really dis, uh, disassociate with it. And I just sort of know that's my ego. And it's, in this instance, it's not serving me. Sometimes it does serve me. Yeah. But when it comes to like sharing love with my mum, that, that matters to me. It's not serving me to, to hide that away. What, what steps would you say for people? Um, I feel like I wanted to have a, a good chat about, you know, the role of ego for a good while um, and someone who has a similar sort of viewpoint on it. What, what steps would you say that, that you've taken? If you, can, if you can think back to, you know, those first few hypnotherapy sessions that you had, what did that take you through? And, and what were the first steps that you, you can think back to where you started to understand it or started to be aware of it, I guess, is, is more, more likely? Yeah, it took a long time. Like, it was so unfamiliar for me initially, you know, when... when I mean, I remember when my, the coach, the therapist, first said to me, Ben, money won't make you happy. And, you know, I laughed in her face. I re- and I really was like, you said some interesting things, but that, it just isn't true. Wow. Because I know when I money does make me happy, and it's, and, so, and, it's so funny because you can't imagine you saying that now. <laughs> you know, how, how old are you now? Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Yeah. So that's eight years ago. Then that. Yeah, but no, it just shows, doesn't it? And for me, it's like, what voice do you listen to at the moment? I was just listening to ego, and for me, ego was money was making me happy, girls were making me happy. That was when I got my quick things. But um, so the so she, I mean, I, I really say she rewired how my brain worked you know she rewired she got me to tune in and i've listened to a lot of your podcasts i know you talk a lot about values but i learned to listen to actually what my deepest values were in, in my language the things that really made me proud rather than you know the quick wins that i talk about and they're different things and, I, and how did she break that down for you then so just so i'm just thinking of like in terms of people that listen to this now or they're, they're watching it live or you know what if they were looking right I've been presented with the idea of ego and never really thought about it before. What were sort of the first steps that, that she helped you break down and, and understand in, in a way? You know, how did she present the idea to values to you? I think it all started. She, she, I mean, it was, it was all lines of questioning. So she just got, she asked me things that, that and she would ask me these questions that I'll get to in a sec, but where I'd go, oh, yeah, you kind of got me there. I haven't really thought about thought about it that way she made me just rethink how i was behaving because i was so programmed into this autopilot space of just doing what i thought and never questioning it so she it came from her asking me questions to see things differently and really start to look intrinsically um those the kind of questions would be around this this sense of like is that who you really want to be 
then? How, how does it feel when you do these things that you say make you happy? How do they feel? How do you, how do you feel after that? It's a big thing, isn't it? It's a big thing to, to, to start introducing, isn't it? Yeah. I bet, did, did you think that that would come about or did you think it'd be something else about just like, you know, physically sort of getting into a position where you can, you can have an orgasm or whatever? Do you know, did you, did you think that were going to come? I thought she was she was going to teach me some like sex tricks that were going to like make me into a sex guru, and <laughs> yeah, I, did, yeah. I, I didn't realise. You know, I was adamant it's nothing to do with my mindset. I really didn't think that I, I just that I am what I am because I was normal. You know, I, I'd say all this. I'm, I'm not saying I was different. I was very similar to a lot of people, and um, so yeah, I, I, I um. I, the the thing that made a difference to me was when I when I shared. I shared my love with my mum because at that point I did something that I was like, that it almost was the flip of how I was living before. In that, in that moment, it didn't give me any instant gratification. I wasn't like, I'm really happy I'm doing this right now. Actually, it's cringing me and I'm finding it really hard. I, I never normally, all anything I write would be, Dear mum, happy birthday, love Ben. You know, now I'm writing, Dear mum, this is how da, 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 I love you so much. You're such a special woman. I'm like, ah, this is horrible. But when it reached, her and she messaged me there was a different a different feeling that I, I really tr- I, she really taught me to connect with that was saying a very different thing it was sense of like yeah Ben that's you that's that's really you this is not your ego now this is this is really you and then I started to do more things like that and, and my whole the whole you know I say this is a game because there's always two energies here for me always trying to lead you astray your ego like you said is always there and um, it's always a game. What am I going to choose to listen to? Am I going to do something that gives me a quick win now and that leaves me feeling a bit empty after? Or am I going to do something that fills me up internally that could be really hard now? You know, it might be the last thing I want to do. But I know that if I do it after, I'm better as a person and I love myself more. Mm. And yeah. that, that serves me. Yeah. And it's like, it's an easy way to think of it like, you know, you always sort of, are drawn towards the path of least resistance, aren't you? Uh, I guess that's ego in, in terms of like being safe and um, sort of directing you to safety. When in fact, sometimes, like you know, your mind can be the worst advisor ever. If you think about, it, if people actually think about like some of the stuff the mind telling them to do in different situations, they might they might pull up uh, a few questions for it. Really, um, totally. So, do, do you are you conscious of how that could show up in your life? Yeah, I am. But there's there's blind spots, mate. There's definitely blind spots um, in different situations, which is common, um, and stuff that'll, for instance, like if if you know I have an injury or, um, you know, I can remember at one point going. I think I'd had a shoulder up. I've had about shoulder ups. I've had, I've had one shoulder up on my right, and then might be three. Yeah, three shoulder ups on my left. So that's a lot of time being cut into and, and fixed. But then there's a lot of time of um, rehab and sort of like isolation in a way, because you just, you know, I know some good physios and they can be uh, best mates at times. Um, but that time, like walking up towards a certain bit of equipment in the gym, you can imagine what my mind's saying to me there, like, oh my God, this, this again, oh, I'm gonna have to do I'm going to have to do this. It's going to be another four months till I get back playing. Um, 
I can't be that. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of those negative self-taught patterns that I can find and, and sort of understand. Um, or what, what, in fact, looking back, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't find it. I didn't understand it. It just kept going and going. Um, but I remember walking towards it and uh, I've sort of been understanding it, being more aware of your ego and, and what it all means. And I walked towards the same bit of kit and I had the internal monologue going. So that voice in your head. And I was like, all right, yeah, well, it's like I saw it, you know, I saw it for what it was, the voice, um, and I, I understood, like, right, okay, I know why this is happening. Um, I, I know how to sort of decipher to get the good stuff from it and, and probably most of the, the sort of stuff that's not helpful, um, and that's really big to understand what's, what's not helpful, I guess, um, w w with your ego and... and um, yeah, I can remember that 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 sort of vividly at one point, uh, which is is quite a a tool to have, I guess. So it's quite a something to keep in your armory. Um, so yeah, that's that's sort of a an example of of uh, I guess you know the, the ego and playing its part. Um, and I guess I'd, I'd I'd throw one back to you, mate. Like you know the the sort of the 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 the, the sort of the idea with with the sex and, and being able to sort of unlock unlock that with with going through all this. Um, how how has your view around sex changed since that? Um, you know, going up through your eighteens, thirties, and and going on post thirty now. Mm, uh, that's a good question. P pretty different, um, but it's the, the the reason I can't probably give you the answer that I really want to is because I'm not in a relationship right now and I, and I haven't really experienced like deep love with someone I really want to experience the full range of emotions with yet since I've been on my journey. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued being honest with you as to where, what, what can happen, where I can go with it. But I can certainly say in my twenties, it was, you know, it was all about lust. Um, it was about that sort of initial want and desire, which I think for me in my language, ego is, is all about lust, want, desire instant gratification so it was about that and then it was that constant experience of you know, really craving it wanting it getting it being completely empty not wanting to be there at all get me out of here and that constant and then doing it again and this constant flow and this whereas um now it's you know i i, I i'm it's rare that i'm i'm intimate with someone if i'm honest with you right now because um I'm not bothered by that kind of instant gratification. Of course, like I'm, I'm a human being, and at times there's that there's that element, but not anything like it used to be. So for me, um, yeah, you know, I, I want it. it's all about connection and and going deeper and and having a full experience with someone rather than a quick sort of you know slap and tickle and a bit of fun and then it's done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I've never really spoken about this, if I'm honest, before. It's kind of, um, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> We're on now, mate. We're on now. Uh, yeah, 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 I've got, like, it's, it's good. I'm happy to talk about yeah. it. But, um, yeah, that, I think I'll, I'll, I'll feel um, sort of, <sighs> even, like, further down my journey. And, and again, I'm conscious using that word because, you know, it's quite a cheesy word again, but... Um, <laughs> when I'm, I'm in a relationship and I can really have that sexually fulfilling experience where it's not about 
even it's not even about the orgasm it's about actually the whole experience of connecting deeply with someone and experiencing something intimate with them that takes you deeper and more tightly connected with them that is a very different experience to a quick bit of sex that you have a quick bit of pleasure and then it's done yeah yeah so i'm excited by that and it, it's funny it's funny isn't it like i know you mentioned that you're not really spoke about it before but it's um i guess you are going against you know instagram lives on now and we're doing a podcast i guess you're going against the sort of i don't know what it would the stereotype i guess the stereotype of what a man would talk about um during sex so that's that's a strong move and that's you know very, a very truthful move um which you know full wraps to you full wraps to you um thank you can i can i ask you on that on that basis because you know you're in a you're in an environment that is driven by results and success mm-hmm. and toughness and you know that that alpha and alpha male energy um how are you noticing your messages sort of increasingly being accepted was it ever rejected or how is it in amongst the lads how is it amongst change do you talk about it do you yeah. or do you fit into their system i mean oh. i'd say i'd say you know a club at rhinos the sort of um the acceptance for uh mental health talking about mental health like if you think back five years ago maybe you know even if that five years ago it like you know not, not never spoken about no one had even you know it was sort of like the, the elephant in the room whereas now you'd think the idea of mental health has sort of been invented really um i know it's sort of been you know turning around an oil tanker in a way and in the in the if you look at the sort of long picture of it but you know the you know a lot of lads in team will talk about it openly a lot of lads will talk about it with each other and you know we've got a welfare officer um in uh, nigel johnston uh fats who um is is very much present and some lads will go speak to him um in front of other lads and you know it's like from what what my viewpoint was for for talking about it back in 2016 I could see you know all this stuff going on around you know with other players um I could see how people had numb themselves from what they were feeling and, and not talk about it and be so scared to even talk about it and I'm like I, I'm going through a, a situation with a long-term injury and I'm like this isn't right this like I was thinking this is not good to to go through and, and to to be so ashamed of so that's why I ended up launching it and um, launching mentality should I say um, but alongside that I'm thinking like if, if we can get an handle on it if we can sort of understand what it is understand why you know people are drinking why you know players are, are take prescription drugs and stuff then that'll help everyone as a group of blokes but also it'll help everyone in terms of performance like, and, and that probably leads me on to, to vulnerability which I guess a lot of the things that we're talking about would be perceived to be be vulnerable, but you know I, I don't mind talking about it because it's something that I've I almost sort of shifted in towards my life to be able to be vulnerable and talk about mental health and um, all these different things we're talking about. But I, I saw vulnerability to be a massive tool um, in performance, and and that was just a sort of feeling. It's nothing nothing that I picked up in a book or read in a book, but I knew that from experiences playing um, when a group of blokes could be vulnerable in front of each other and then go and play 80 minutes 
straight after it and, and win it, be um, be the best team on the park, be the best team, put out the best performance in the whole of the year, then I'm like, all right, well, there's a connection there to, to what's happened. I know there's been a load of training before. I know there's been a load of tactics and, and stuff done. But really, you know, that sort of sharing and that sort of power that you can't quite touch on, that you can't quite package up, like I was saying before, that's, um, that is priceless. That is priceless. And there's got to be a way to do it. There's got to be a way to hone that and, and sort of understand it yourself in order to, to develop it. And, um, you know, that's, that's something that I've been really, really sort of interested in over the last few years. And, um, you know, if, if, if I can sort of see it in that way, then, you know, I should really sort of share it, just like, just like you're doing. So, you know, that, that's vulnerability for me. And, and I think with vulnerability, it's got to be reciprocated as well. You know, I don't think, you know, some, a, a teammate going in and just spilling his guts and then everyone going, all right, sound. What's that move we do? Do you know what I mean? We can't, we can't, you can't have that. It's got to be reciprocated. It's got to be an understanding, and um, that's something that I know to have been have been really powerful. I'd, so I'd I'd ask you what your um, what your sort of viewpoint is on, on vulnerability. You talk about it so much, and um, I think it'd be good for people to hear what your understanding of it as well too. Then yeah, I mean, I, like firstly, I totally I hear what you're saying. Um, vulnerability is it's not something. There's, for me, there's a big difference. A, a good starting place on this is to say the big difference between being a victim and being vulnerable. You mm. know, a victim is someone who will almost look for sympathy, like they're sharing for to, so that people can give them something. And it's poor me, and feel sorry for me, and look, my life's not fair. And check out, check how bad everything is for me, and you need to help me, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Being vulnerable, I, for me, almost needs a rebrand because. I totally get it. If you ask the average man or you ask someone in the street, do you want to be vulnerable? They're going to say no. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be safe. You know, that's instinctively, naturally. But there's a different kind of vulnerability for me, which is what we're doing now, talking about all this stuff, which is stereotypically not a man. It leaves us open to judgment. Or, you know, it sounds like you're in a, in a really beautiful environment um, and, and that's great. But for, there's a lot of people for me and, who would still judge me for, for what I'm doing, you know? Um, some of my, sort of not, not close friends, but some some of my acquaintances definitely said when I started talking about this, they said I was having a breakdown, you know? Because um, there is that perception. You know, people will judge you if you talk about your, your flaws or this is this has been a struggle or whatever it is. People are like, whoa, you yeah, know, yeah. what's he talking about? Too much, like, yeah. Too much. <laughs> and it's like, hey, I'm, I'm not asking your, for your sympathy. I'm sharing this because I'm okay with it. And uh, I see it in a lot of other people, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, that's, that's for you to work out. Um, so, so for me being vulnerable is, I love the quote, when you own your, when you own, own your flaws, no one can hold them, hold them against you, you know? And it's like, Hey, I'm not perfect. And nor are you, nor is anyone else. I'm okay with that. And uh, I'm just going to show up regardless. And yeah, I might fail. And yeah, I might embarrass myself. Yeah. I might get rejected, but I'm going to keep showing up. And I'm going to keep giving it my best in line with what is my truth. And if you judge me for that, that's, that's your thing. You know, that's your space. But for me and my own mental health and how I'm living, that's how I'm going to live. And um, it's hard because our ego doesn't want rejection, embarrassment, failure. It doesn't want, it doesn't want any of that, you know. But my heart, doesn't, my heart wants to feel alive. And my heart only feels alive if I show up 
without fear. And I show up and I give these things a crack. So the ultimate act of vulnerability that I'm still working on is, is, you know, dancing and playing in front of people. Cause I know in my heart that I like to dance and I like to move. You know, if I'm in the kitchen on my own and a song comes on, then I'm, I'm giving it yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. you know, someone walks around the corner and looks, but what are you doing? I'm not freezing. Oh shit. You know, this is a bit embarrassing because yeah. my ego kicks in and is worried about judgment. Yeah. Right? What's but I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, so I know, so that's like an area that if I'm in true vulnerable, in true vulnerable state where I'm really able to move on beyond my ego, I'll be moving and dancing without a fear of what anyone else is thinking of, of, of me. And that's freedom for me. Um, that's the, that's the, you know, this journey never ends and there's always work to do, but that for me is where I'm, I'm, I want to get to full, a full expression. And that's where I, I see vulnerability as, as valuable in sport. It gives it's giving you the space to really show up and, and express yourself fully from, from your core, from like your, your most powerful space without fear of getting it wrong or embarrassing yourself. That's when you can do your things at your, at your best. But, and that's vulnerability still for me. But, you know, if you ask any, probably someone without, who hasn't been on this journey, whether or not vulnerability is healthy in a changing room, they might well say, no, 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 we can't show any weakness. We're not showing anyone that there's any problems. But that just breeds fear. Yeah. You're scared to, yeah. to show up. And you're not, you're not, showing, on, up. You're so, yeah, you're not showing up. No, um, you're right. Yeah, I'll go off and on a rant, so it's important. That you... Yeah, I'm going to jump in. I've got, <laughs> yeah. I need to write down what um, what I want to remember to ask you. There's a load of stuff, but um, my sister's commented saying, um, well, let's get the jokey one out of there because Natalie, my partner, said, Steve is showing me your moves. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's a bit too far, that Natalie, uh, right, for today. Right. Um, right. But Natalie obviously has seen me dance because she's a contemporary dancer herself. Um, and contemporary is, is, is contemporary. So that, that leads on to um, the type of dancing. Um, is, You're looking nervous, Stevie. <laughs> yeah, I feel they can't hear my nerves, can they, through the, the audio of the podcast? They can, they can see the shuffling in the seat, though. Yeah, yeah, the mic's getting shuffled everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's exactly it. That, that is a perfect example. Um, and and my sister's also put down there, which I think is quite a, quite a good point there. Um, I think they're my only they're the only watches, my sister and, and partner. <laughs> Openness or vulnerability, which is quite good. I don't know where the line comes in with that, um, or where the boundary actually comes in. You know, because you can be open, but obviously, I think if you're a little bit open or too open, that, I guess, transcends or, or trans, translates into vulnerability, doesn't it? Um, and I guess that is, like you say, you're talking about the setting and the, um, the environment that you've got, which probably changes when, it, when, it, when the actual point of openness becomes vulnerability. And um, I'll, I'll use a really good example. Um, and, and you mentioned that people might, might not want to be consciously vulnerable. Um, and and I think I'll tell you the example. I'll 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 I'll, I'll let you see what you think uh, in terms of that. But um, we had something brought in at, at the Rhinos, um, which is sort of a a, a commitment or it's sort of like a physical tipping in from the playing group um, and staff actually of, of why they want to commit to this year and their sort of personal why, I guess. 
So what we brought in was um, something called the Spirit of the Rhino. Uh, that's after me and Jonesy and Rich Agar were talking last year, the back end of last year for um, you know carrying on the sort of stuff that 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 we'd that we'd done last year to turn around performances and. Um, we decided to have a spirit of the rhino, so Jamie Jones Buchanan um, were looking for a rhino's head that we'd put on this new amazing stadium that we've got, the rhinos, um, and it was a sort of scrap iron rhino's head that would contrast with a new sort of flash, um, everything else that were going on at, at the club, um, and that's been bolted on um, to, the, to the wall above where we walk out for each game, and um, it's got, it's very... Uh, I think it cost about 60 quid, but it cost about 160 quid to ship over from America with that heavy. So every time you walk under it, you think, fuck, is it going to fall on top of me this week? <laughs> um, that'd, be, that'd be trouble. That'd be trouble. Um, but with that, the, the significance with that is that every pre-season, um, whatever group of players there are, um, we did it in, in Spain actually this year, that we'd, we'd get in a group, we'd get in a circle, and there'd be a fire and we'd throw in things, things of significance to us, um, you know, that resemble our why for this year. Um, so for instance, this year I put in um, a Challenge Cup final top where I've played at 18 at Wembley. Um, and that were alongside Rob Burrow, um, who's one of my best mates that I've ever met from rugby. He, um, he's been diagnosed with motor neurone disease. Um, and obviously I spoke about Rob, spoke about, you know, why I wanted to play, why I wanted to, to do it for the boys this year. Um, and, you know, that shirt went in and everyone else has a different version, a different source of, of, of what their why would be and they'd throw it in. And at the levels of um, presence with that, the levels of, levels of sort of, you know, um, safety in the environment, people showing the vulnerability, people in tears, um, you know, was was mega and, and you know, I'm really, really lucky and a lot of the boys are lucky and they probably don't even know it to be in that environment and that sort of that setup and, and you know, performances this year have been amazing for us. Uh, and and that's where I lean into the, the sort of vulnerability and performance of, of how it can be and 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 the question I guess of, you know, the line between openness and vulnerability, which is something that Rachel's coined there. You know, what what are your thoughts on that? And and um, I guess I'm just presenting some information to you there to to come off the back of and see what you think. No, it's beautiful, isn't it? And I I, I totally hear you, and I I love the fact that that stuff is 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 going on. And like for me, in, in my language, I when you go through those experiences, you're sitting there and you're looking at you know your mates and your your, your work colleagues and this team. And you're getting to just see a little bit more of them. You know, you're getting to see under the surface, aren't you? You're getting to see something that really matters to them, some more of their deepest values. And you just become a bit tighter as a result of that, or maybe even a lot tighter as a result. You may not necessarily, you know, be exactly the same kind of person as them. You may just have different interests or different personality traits or whatever, but you now get you get them a bit more. And and, and with that, you know, you'll go that you'll go that foot a bit further with them. Um and, and that's that, that applies to life, you know. And, and um, uh, not everyone is ready, and not everyone is willing to go there. And I think that's where, you know, we, we have to start managing our vulnerability, like you say. Like, 
you know, some people are put like my brother, my own brother, you know, he often talks about people are over familiar, you know, which is, you know, overly open with him. He's like, well, like, I don't want to have that conversation. And, you know, like, I'm not ready to go there. And um, you just, for me, it's about picking your audience. So I have obviously a good relationship with my brother, but we don't go to that place. He's not, it's not his, it's not his space. And I respect that and I get it. So if I were to come in all guns blazing, sharing everything with him, you know, I'm just, it's going to be twofold. He's going to be, he's not going to want it to hear it from me. So he's going to feel awkward. And then I'm going to feel like my energy's just hit a brick wall and fallen flat. And I'm going to be feeling flat as a result. So we're not meant to be best friends and close with everyone. You know, for me, we don't need that many really tight, really close people who we share all this stuff with. So we've just got to learn, you know, and, and understand who we have these conversations with, who we go there with. Um, and I guess there's little feelers, you know, if you, you know, if, if my brother said, um, you know, how you doing? And I'm like, oh yeah, do, do you know what? Not a great week to be honest this week. And I kind of leave it at that. And he says, oh, well what's happened or I'll oh, tell me about it. Then I might go in a little bit more or whatever. Yeah. Rather than if he says how is it, and I just go blur yeah, and yeah, yeah. chat, you know, and he'd be like, oh, you know, he's. So I think you can just sort of suss and see if someone is in is, is, wants to go in that space with you, mm. and it's a beautiful thing when you're ready to share and someone's ready to listen, and you can like. That's why I love all these conversations because they're kind of in sitting here and being here, and knowing your message. I know that we can talk like this, mm. um, and for me, it's a beautiful thing. Um, so yeah, I think it is just picking your picking your audience. You know, I, I have a very different conversation with my mum than I do with my dad. You know, with my dad, I talk about sport, and my mum, I talk about a bit more deeper stuff. You know, what's going on with in, in my life. You know, what my hopes, and my dreams are, and stuff. It's really good so, advice. Um, yeah, it's really good advice. And I guess in what you know, like going back to to what I said before with the environment and stuff, we're really lucky to have that. And you know, I guess some players could have been a bit resistant to it and that would have been fine, you know? Um, but, you know, 100% of the lads were. And I guess it even goes back to the conversation before where you're touching on sort of the inner inner drive or the inner reward rather than the external rewards. And, you know, that, that sort of hub is creating for it. And, and, and like you say, you know, going, going into work with your teammates like that is, is really powerful. Um, and you sort of know the people that you would talk like that with and, and I guess you've sussed yours out too which is part of the um, part of the process I imagine yeah but you know what I'm lucky um, because if it wasn't for the whole sex thing I don't think I would you know that sex thing gave me a why gave me a reason to, to want to go within because and without that I, I don't think I would have done um, but I'll tell you um, actually something that that you know, because I think we, we talk about vulnerability and, and, you know, I never had a willingness to be vulnerable, never wanted to, no interest in it. And I never knew what, never knew what connection was. So I wasn't, I never experienced connection, not true connection. And um, so I never really wanted it because um, it, it was, it was something fictional to me. You know, I was just, I, I thought I was just different to, to other people. And then I started going on, um, on like on retreats and and doing like men's work and like, I think one of our common um, common people we know is Craig White. I went on yeah. I remember that masks. Yes, yeah. Craig's been. You know, I look I look up to him as a mentor and yeah, um, yeah. I went on his his men's retreat and it was that experience where I sat around in a room, a bit like you were talking about with rhinos around the bonfire, and we had a bonfire actually on that. And you sat around and, and men opened up and shared 
and I was kind of like looking around going, bloody hell, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is pretty intense. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, well, but what I got from seeing that is, like I said, I got to see these men a bit more. Mm. And it was a very safe environment. And I was like, ah, this is kind of nice. Like, I like, I feel more connected to this guy. He's not who I kind of judged him to be originally. Yeah. You know, I looked at how he was dressing and what he was like. I was like, not really my cup of tea. And now I'm like, oh, actually, I can't remember, I, you know, I, I like, I like that guy. And then that was my step into like, well, okay, you need to get, you need to get in this. You're going to have to show these guys what's going on for you. And so I started sharing and, um, and then felt the reaction back from those people. And that for me was where I started to experience connection and I'd walk away from those places going, Oh, like that was something inside of me feels very full right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've never had that before and I want more of it. So I went on this for me, this is, that was where I started to think I want to, I want to show up more. I want to share more. And if people judge me, I'm okay with that. Cause what I get back in, in connection is more powerful than, than the negative judgments that I'm, I'm, I used to be scared of. So I think I would really encourage the people listening. If they're like, well, this is all very well, like you're talking about this stuff, but I don't know how to step into this space. Yeah going on like group exercises or like workshops or retreats. I don't like, don't like using the word retreats because traditionally, especially for us, for us men, we don't want to retreat, you know, mm, we want to move yeah, forward. Yeah. 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 That's but true. you're going inwards and it, it's, it is just a really powerful experience. So I'd invite people that, that it might be out of your comfort zone. Your ego might be like, Oh my God, what am I going to become? What's going to happen? I don't know anyone. This is not my thing. Mm. That's just your ego trying to protect you. It's an out of comfort zone experience. If you're, if there's something in your heart's missing, and you want to explore, then I would jump two-footed into some experiences like that. So men, Craig's one, men with that mask was an amazing one. Yeah. There's not many men one, but there's women's one as well, and there's mix. So whatever you mm. feel drawn to, I, f- I just think they're really powerful experiences. Yeah, they are, mate. They are um, completely backing you up there. We we did a retreat in Tangent with Craig, I think, three days, three days in Leeds. Um, and that was my sort of first... I could sort of imagine what it was going to be like, imagine, you know, what, what it'd be like. And I'd done, like, one-day stuff before, but it was the first three-day thing that we sort of put on. And I ran, I ran with Craig. Um, Craig did most of the, the stuff through it, uh, but I ran it in tangent with him. And some of the connections you make, like, you know, we still talk today. No, we still talk today. And, um, you know people, like, in a, on another level, a completely other level um, to what you imagine right now. Do you know, like, when you go and meet people and talk to people, well, you can accelerate that and, and, and double that, you know, triple how you will know someone, how you'll be able to speak to someone um, in just those. I think it was practically a day, day and a half to get there, um, which is pretty cool. Um, all barriers go down. You can sort of say stuff that you probably wouldn't imagine even saying out loud or you saying something like oh, have I got that have I, have I got that out there um, how have I got that out of me but because of that sort of environment you know I, I guess that sort of carried through with me after uh, especially with the team and, and stuff like that I know how powerful it is I know how, how important it is um, and I know someone just commented there I think it was across the bridge it is addictive it's like if you don't if you don't speak on that level with people after that you are 
that's yeah. the downside. You're like, yeah. right, oh, okay, this isn't working for me now, and you feel yeah. sort of isolated, and you know, you need to you need to have those people, like you say, that that, that those those people where you can do it and 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 tip stuff out and, and sort of get stuff back from them. And that retreat were massive. That was really, really big. Um, so yeah, for, for people who were on, on that sort of, you know, we spoke about your sort of tipping point, if you like, where you've gone on to speak to the hypnotherapist and wanted to understand a bit more. If people are on that tipping point, you know, a retreat, um, especially, you know, with, with Craig is, is, is brilliant. Craig's got the background of, of rugby. You know, he was a head and strength um Head of strength and performance for British Lions, Ireland Rugby League, Wales Rugby, uh, Rugby Union, sorry, um, which is it's pretty pretty big, and he, he made the decision to to do more stuff like this, and um, you know, so you know, maybe maybe we'll all do one together one day and and do a flipping a massive one uh, if we get those people, and that would create a, some some sort of wave, mate, wouldn't it? Really, that'd be that'd be mega. Ah, um, oh, totally. It's, 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 I think it's, it's, it's the way that with everything that's going on in the world, with every, every distraction that's going on in the world, um, this one being a massive one, it's the way that, that people have to evolve, men have to evolve. Um, and, and, and I'd hope that I'm in a position that I can say it, uh, that I can still go out and play rugby um, and fucking make 50 tackle the game and you know, do all that sort of stuff um, alongside um, being able to say what your, what your truth is and, and deal with your truth and listen to other people speak about it, be vulnerable um, and speak about, you know, some of the stuff that that you sort of keep hidden away a lot of the time. Um, so, I, yeah, man, I think it's mega and I'm glad you brought up that because it is, it is sort of the focal point in it or central point for what you'd go to if someone is watching this or someone is listening to this podcast and they're going mm, don't know the way to go don't know the direction you immediately meet um, a group of other men who are in the same 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 position and we do the mentality club and it's sort of a virtual thing that's ongoing if you, if you like and we set up goals um, to, to achieve by the end of the year three to five outcome goals we have the WhatsApp group. We have, you know, people that, that speak to each other, people that have made new connections, new friendships. They know that that is a base um, for for this sort of stuff, for this for this um, building of, of of what you properly want, and you know that sort of centre where you can speak about what you actually want. And I'll stop rambling, but there were um, I did a I did a chat with a fella. Um, I did like a, a video chat, me and Chris O'Connor who, who helps out with the club. Um, we did a video chat with with a lad who had messaged and he, I guess he was in this point, at this point really where we're speaking about that sort of tipping point for where they go next. Um, and he'd said, look, I, you know, I'm interested in this club but I, I don't really know how to join it. I don't understand what it would be like. And so me and Chris did a, um, like a call with him and we could see vividly we could really really see that he was at this point of um i guess needing the way forward and needing a way to go so we chatted to him and called him um and 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 you know we said look 
uh, just get yourself in global gear, some months free. Um, and I'm speaking to people now about being involved that, that can actually really provide the support within the group, you know, and professionally provide the support um, for any anything that's going further. So I, I just, you know, you need that and you need those connections, you need that support mechanism or you need that, I don't even want to say support because it's just like, it's just a group of blokes that are being honest, really. That's all it is. In it, it's like not, you don't have to go too far. It's just some, some blokes that prepared to go there with um, it's pretty powerful totally yeah it's, it shouldn't be like a weird concept or a foreign concept you know communication like you know we've just created that perception that, that like we should you know as men we don't do it but um, and actually it's not you know 38 and it was probably different I think it is really nice now that there is this wave coming through like you said earlier this five years in the last five years or even really last two three it's really kind of come through like mental health has suddenly been just created like you said but like for me really in my teens it was you know there was there was no one standing up talking about this stuff and there, and it really was a very weird concept if if a, if a man did share in that space, you know, and I can imagine even more so my dad, you know, who was born out of the, uh, out of the wars, uh, where feelings and emotions were, you know, not helpful because no one wanted to go to war. You know, you've got to cut out those feelings. You've got to do what you've got to do. And there wasn't space to say, but I'm not really, I don't really fancy going to war today. You know, I'm not feeling great about it. It's, we got, then you did have to man up and get on with it. But um, so I get where that's come from, but it's so great now that, you know, and as I say, it, it really fills me up to know that there are men like you um, who are, like you said, making 50 tackles a game, you know, stepping up in this very um, warrior masculine energy and being that and embracing it and being totally cool with it. But then also coming back and talking, you know, sharing love with your teammates and compassion with your teammates and, and dancing like an idiot. Um, and, you know, doing all this stuff that isn't traditionally masculine, but we're capable of it all as men like that, you know, we just, for me, we went all in on, on the little, butt, the, the, the warrior energy being the tough guy. And we've missed out on all this other plethora of possibility that mm. is within us all. But we just thought, we shouldn't be. It's it's sort of like um, a narrow corridor that's that's been sort of aimed to go at for everyone, um, and everyone's joined this sort of narrow. Not everyone, like, um, but you know, there's sort of there's stereotypes, and um, you know, I've just sort of um, started reading a book called The Body Keeps the Score, um, and that's that's uh, is that is that one you've read or? I've got, got it. I'm just looking for it. Yeah, yeah. just got it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> And I've literally only read 12 pages, I think, but you're talking about the you know, men going to war and, and this sort of, like, I guess it, I get, I, for generation and generation, it has been that, you know, all men have sort of, you know, practically all men have gone to war. Um, you talk about World War One, World War Two, um, Americans, you know, with the Vietnam War, um, you know, and obviously building up to, to the Iraq War and stuff like that. Um, but I guess, now we're sitting in this position, coronavirus, right? That's our sort of battle now. Um, and, and that battle consists of a lot of the men, or, well, it's it's everyone, battling our way, sat, sat talking through Skype, talking through Instagram Live, watching Netflix, you know, that's that's our sort of battle. Um, and it just shows the, the necessity of 
you know, following that path so strongly and, and not showing emotion. Because at one point, like you say, it wasn't helpful to, to put that emotion out. It wasn't helpful to to speak like that. And, and I guess there's a debate for, you know, in those sort of close-knit communities or close-knit sort of tribes of men, um, which are going to fight wars, you know, that they could do it themselves in their own way, where it's sharing banter or sharing, sharing different things like that and sort of getting it through, you know, that sort of siphoning it through that way. Um, but now, you know, I guess, you know, when I put Mantale out there in 2016, I could sort of see that we're at a, 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 a tipping point in a way. We're, we're all, as a population of men, we're at a tipping point where that doesn't really have to be the case. Not everyone's going to war, not everyone's going to fight these battles. And um, it's doing more damage than, than obviously any, any of the good because under 50, it's still the, the biggest killer amongst men is suicide. So these messages, these different opinions, alternative opinions that, that we may have considered to what the stereotype is, needs to happen, really. If, if we're being honest, it needs to happen. They need to go forward. And, and um, I was just speaking the other day, actually, it was sort of a timely call um, before we spoke to, to, to this chap who, who we're bringing into Mantality Club to try and help out. We spoke with um, like a psychotherapist, and he, he used to play rugby. Um, and he's, you know, he's, he's he's asking me about the the sort of level of, of, of vulnerability in in rugby and mental health, and you know, it's something that he's he's looking at. Um, you know, and and I said, you know, it, it's sort of a narrow corridor for for what rugby players go into, and and I imagine twenty thirty years. Imagine the corridor where, where where you've got to enter as a rugby player and you've got to be sort of that role, that sort of personality, that walking on eggshells so you don't, you know, um, show much, too much of yourself that's going to get ripped into. Because that's what happens, that's what happens, you know. And I'm not saying that the, the banter is bad, you know, I'm, I love it and it's, it's sort of the thing that puts you, puts a light into you. Um, day in, day out when you're going into the change rooms and, and stuff like that. But I guess it's a, just a different, if it comes from a different source, is, 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 is I guess, the, the best thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think trust is a big thing when it comes to banter. It's like you, you kind of, you, someone could say the same thing, or two people could say the same thing, but it just comes from a different place from someone. Mm. And it can just, you just feel it differently. When you trust someone, you know, you, you, know, you know where their words come from. You yeah. know when they're when they're playing rather than when they're trying to take you down or yeah, just like chip that, away yeah. at you a little bit. I like that. Um, yeah. And again, that's all. You know, your environment. Again, you know, I, um, I, I like to. Um, I've got quite a. Um, I don't show it normally, but I've got. You know, I love the banter and I love to sort of take the piss out my mates and stuff. But I wouldn't ever go in straight away until someone knows me personally. This is just my way because. I want them to know that I come from a good place and they can trust me and then I can then I can get you yeah, know yeah, yeah. I can go there because they're you like get to the sweet spot then. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I'm more conniving than I might appear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. true. But um yeah, I think trust is a big part of that. And it's important. Like it goes back to what I was saying before in this whole thing about masculinity. It's like for me none of this is about stopping being a big part of who you are as a man 
you know, instead embracing that, that, that warrior energy and, you know, leadership and courage and all of that mm. stuff that naturally is perceived as typical stuff. It's not about removing that. No. It's just about saying, hey, you can be that alongside exactly. the love and compassion, the kindness. And, and, and it's a beautiful mix. If you can get there, that's, mm. that's, that's you know, you're really stepping into your, into your power then. I guess, and uh, that's my hope for masculinity. I guess that's a task, isn't it? And like in all those different facets that you, you mentioned, sort of leadership, the courage, the um, ability to, to hone that drive that, you know, a lot of people, like we mentioned before, would think, oh, well, if I'm doing that, then I'm not, you know, that driven man. I'm not that sort of man who's, who's sought after getting getting stuff. And, you know, that, 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 that I guess that's the task that we've got ahead of, ahead of ourselves, just, honing ourselves in all the different areas you know the ability to to be honest and vulnerable with the people that you know that's the environment's there for and and what you have uh, but also to to be that warrior to be that leader and, and to to have courage to well i guess like change things if it needs to and push more energy into stuff that's good and um which is helping us and, and i guess from that's that what I mentioned before about you know um, suicide and, and men you know being the the biggest sort of you know people to to be involved with that as, as something uh, below fifty. It's um, it's something that I guess like me and you are tasked with anyway, and, and we feel that that we'd do it anyway if you know. For, for whatever reason and, and it's, it's incredibly uh, rewarding to, to keep pushing that and to keep keep living with it I guess too mm. Mm. so it's it's the you know if we talk about like intrinsic values things that fill you up helping other people you know is when you know you're helping someone that's that, that not from a like from an ego check me out perspective but internally you feel it I, I always I love to use the example of you know, if you see an old lady struggling across a road and you help her, even if there's no one else watching, you help her across the road. She looks at you after and says, oh, thank you so much, Stevie. That was really kind of you. Thank you. As you walk away, you will feel good that you just helped that person internally, not because it's on Instagram or whatever else. You feel a bit more about, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I did that. We are intrinsically wired as human beings to be kind um, I did. I did a podcast with a guy called Dr. David Hamilton, who's a, a scientist who looks at all the the the, um, the science behind actually the chemical reactions inside of us. He talks about kindness is the opposite to stress in terms of chemical reactions. So stress is a killer. Kindness internally make, brings off so many positive chemical reactions. It's it's like it's at our core, and you know we actually we sort of filtered through this conversation. We got to the point where we said like. So actually, as human beings, if we're not being kind, then we're not living aligned to our truth. And if we're not living aligned to our truth, then we're going to struggle to love ourselves. And it's that sort of, you know, because like, I always thought for me as a man growing up as a teenager, if I was kind, then, then there's a chance I'd be perceived as weak and people take advantage of me. So don't be kind. <laughs> you know, that's not my path. But at my source, I'm, def I'm kind. It's, that's who I want to be. Um, so that just shows like a simple way how we can be thrown off track, you know? And, uh, uh, for me, the power lies a bit like what we're still saying about masculinity It's being kind, but having healthy boundaries. So you can't, 
you don't let people overstep. They don't, they don't take advantage of your kindness, but you, you offer it. And that's where you start from. And that's what you offer people. If someone steps over it, you say, Hey, uh, respectfully, I, I, that, 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 that didn't work for me. And, um, you know, and, and that's where you can still retain your power, but still be kind and be true to yourself. Yeah, that's certainly something you've got to be aware of, isn't it, really, with, you know, fighting, trying to fight the good fight or what, what you would feel like the good fight is, um, having those boundaries um, within your relationships, but also, you know, um, knocking about and meeting new people and, and, and getting about your stuff and... You know, that, I guess that's one sort of downside or, or um, thing you've got to be aware of. We're going to pose a question to you. Um, what would you feel like along this journey, you know, sort of advancing your self-awareness, I guess, uh, if you're going to say what negatives there are to go with that, the, curios the curiosity to go with that self-awareness, what in, in further advancing that, you know, what, what would you feel and, and what would you say to someone who is, you know, pursuing looking at this stuff and um, say, oh, it's all right, look, you know, I've been through that or it's, it's, um, it's, 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 it's all part of it, I guess. Mm. Not much comes to mind, if I'm honest, but um, it's a good, really good question. What? one thing that I would say is that there, there will be some short-term pain, you know, that for sure, you know, it's, it's, we bury things for a reason because it's, it's easier, it's softer, it's gentler on us in that moment to not go there. But if you want to go on this journey, you do need to become very truthful and honest with what's within you. And that means dragging it up and becoming conscious of it and aware of it to allow yourself to move on from it. So there is that side of it for sure. Um, it, you know, there'll be tears, there'll be realizations, um, and and does does that come through the process of reading different books, um, listening to different podcasts, going on retreats? Is that something that going further down that path, you know, you will be aware of this pain, you will be bringing it to to light if you guess if I guess um, rightly. Is that something that you recommend before you just you go on to your next point? Um, you mean go recommend reading the books and reading it go on the retreats or yeah. recommend embracing the tears or yeah so like alongside that figuring out you know that sort of um, advancing the self-awareness the process of of that like just so we can stay like in um, correct order like what what would you think would be the appropriate things to be doing you know alongside it so gaining more knowledge um, if, you, if, if you have sort of recommendations of books and um, podcasts or whatever alongside their sort of short-term pain as you mentioned what's the what's the good good way to go about that yeah I think it's important that you do have some 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 of those people that we've spoken about before that you can talk to around you because that that helps to process it so if you're going on this journey you've got no one to talk to and you're processing all this stuff it's quite hard to you need you know it's good to talk yeah so I, i'd recommend having a, a stable base of people one or two um, you know if that's all it takes but someone you can at least confide with and talk with and have trust open conversations if you've got that and you feel safe that you can go you're not totally alone on this for starters then um yeah, I mean, books can can open the, the way. I think. Um, uh, I mean, I love Brené Brown. For me, she's kind of um, there's there's I, there's a various experts for me that I really try and centre in on. So Brené Brown on vulnerability, 
Dr. Joe Dispenza on on kind of the the science perspective of, of how important your thoughts are and how we can change manifestation and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, who are the other experts talking about? Anyway, so they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're two great ones to start with. Um, and then, yeah, if your mind is open and you're willing, you know, you can feel that perhaps that there's something to be curious about here, then doing the actual work generally for me happens on online retreats or workshop weekends or getting together because that's, that's when you feel it. That's when you feel the connection. That's when you're really experiencing this. The work really goes in deeper then. There's only so much I think you can do on your own. Um, although working with a coach, you know, that's where it started for me. I worked one to one with a coach it was a brilliant, um, all those experiences, you know, a book can be very, can help you get go on the journey. Working one-to-one with a coach can help you enhance that journey. Going on retreats, workshops, weekends, that can then really help you immerse and drop into the space. Um, I think, but I think, a lot of, a lot sorry, of has to be done yourself. No, no, it's, it's got to, you've yeah. got to, you're the only one who can do the work. No one could do it for you. Yeah. I think that definitely helps a lot of, I guess, unnecessary suffering if you've got the support and you've got the, the, the ways to go straight so, and that's I guess the reason I asked the question because I think that there'll be a lot of men um, I know there will be um, there'll be a lot of men and I think we all know that, that will be suffering, will be struggling with different things specific to them in their own life uh, which they find that they may feel like that it's specific to them so there's no sort of way forward and they, they can't um, dislodge that feeling they've got and, it, and, it, and I think that's something that I relate to when um, when I go back thinking about how I felt like you think it's only specific to you and that, that it's not it's not something that's can be worked through or worked through with other people um, so that's a big message I think you know it sort of stops a lot of unnecessary suffering in terms of that um, thinking that, that you know what you're feeling is not reasonable and stuff you can push that towards these like you say the support groups a coach um someone who helps you work through it um did, did you learn that it wasn't specific to you yeah i guess i guess so yeah i guess when, when you go through these and you, you go through i think there's certain things that 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 every man every man like we spoke about like the sort of the the quick wins or the the, the short-term ego boost or you know that's sort of relevant to to everyone um mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, that, that monologue sort of, if, you, if you're late, you can feed that idea that this is specific to me and, and I'm in this situation and no one else can really help me with this situation. But as soon as you start figuring a way to, to, to pull the weight away from uh, those thoughts or that, that sort of unearthing the evidence um, for another perspective rather than what you have, you're like, all right, fuck. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a lot more helpful. Yeah, yeah, it just releases the shame, doesn't it? It's mm. like, oh, it's not, it's not just me, and you know, actually, everyone's got some kind of challenges, even if it's not the same one as me. Um, yeah. There, there's a lot. Probably, I always think there's a lot more crossover in in you know the the output that the the end challenge might be different, but I think so often, I mean, for me, self love is just such a key ingredient in this whole. You know, mental health journey. If you, re- if you, if you, no one's taught ourselves to love, taught us how to love ourselves. So I don't have any blame on this, by the way. But if you love yourself, then it's a pretty solid base for your for your mental health thereafter. Um, I think that's, you know, where how would you um, 
translate what self-love is to to men listening to this because like, even even when I hear self-love I'm like mm, I don't know <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah, yeah, it's yeah, sort of yeah, like sure. it's sort of yeah. like that, that you know I think you can be so bothered about trying to help other things or do things you, you sort of think uh, you know I've got time for that I've got to go and, do you know what I mean it's yeah, yeah, totally I, I'm, I'm voicing that because it's probably what a lot of other people think as well I don't know if you could go off the back of that too I mean I think we've already we've, without probably realising it we've talked a lot about self-love in terms of self-love for me is living in tune with your deepest values when you and self-love is how I really experience self-love is when I look at myself in the mirror and I don't mean physically but I look, I feel the relationship I have with myself. Do I, when I see myself, do I feel proud of who I am? Do I feel on track in my life? Do I feel like I'm, I'm showing up mm. in my life here? Yeah. Uh, and you kind of get that sense. You can feel when you look at yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I feel good about this right now. Or yeah. nah, you're like, it's not something missing here. It's not yeah. quite. Uh, like that. And that, that for me is self-love, but it comes from living in tune with your deepest values. Now, no one's taught us how to find what our deepest values are and what's much louder is our ego. So, and, and our ego is not our deepest values, just to be clear. Our ego is quick wins and, and our deepest values are, are, are often very different. And um, so we've got to establish what our deepest values are and then we've got to start behaving in, in tune with them so that that's when we love who we are. Then, then we become proud. It's like, yeah, I, I am aligned. I am showing up with who I really want to be. I am proud. And maybe, you know, my mates think I'm a bit weird for doing this stuff now, but I'm, I feel more proud of myself. Mm, it's a big thing. Yeah. It's a massive thing. Mm. Yeah. It's the, it's the foundations for, for everything for me. If you, if, you, if you live in that space, because it invites so much else from there. You know, when you love yourself, the relationships you have with other people are better. You'll be able to f- fall deeper in love with people. You have healthy boundaries like there's so much that, that comes off the back of self-love. And I think, you know, a lot of mental health problems will manifest in different ways. Like I'm sure my, my, my challenge around sex, the orgasm stuff, a lot was down to lack of self-love and trying to people please. And like, wasn't really, I wasn't getting as much out of it myself. And cause I needed, I thought I needed to impress them, you know, so many. And if, so if we can start with, like you know I know you talk a lot about it if you start with knowing your values and then start working out actual behavior that you can show or give that is in line with your deepest values yeah I think then yeah, you're on something on. yeah no then you're on something things seem to be a bit easier don't they when you your behavior is uh, in line with your values and it's like you try and make it complicated or you can make it too complicated sometimes but when you just keep falling back into that no matter how many things you have to change or if you don't have to change a lot, you sort of are in sync and it's just like in flow. You're just like banging stuff out, you know, you're banging, you know, for instance, talking about this, talking to this through this podcast is banging in line with my values. So it feels like I'm just on a seat, just like going for the ride, if, if that makes sense. Totally. And, and I feel like that if I carry on doing these sort of actions, the next thing will be in it, next thing will be, you know, to, to be able to knock them out. Um, so that's, that's a really big thing, and 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 yeah, you mentioned the rebrand of of uh, vulnerability because it's almost has to be put to to guys that you know where it's not you know lying down and <laughs> being the victim. I love what you said about being the victim or vulnerability. I think that's really clear sort of 
line um, in between and vulnerability may, need, vulnerability may need a rebrand, which is a great sort of way to think about it. I also think that maybe, you know, well, no, I don't, I don't think self-love should be because I think it's more adapting your way to be able to, to think like that and to be able to understand that. But getting the picture out of my mind where it's self-care and self-love where you, you sat down with a face mask on and a cup of tea and a, and a, and a robe on. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that, that's where I've got to get that out of my mind because that's like not something that... I mean, I probably probably enjoy it, sitting down and doing it, but, um, you know, I think I think it's the way that you put it to people and it's the way that, that people can understand what the essence of self-love is um, in terms of how, 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 how they receive it as well. Mm. All right, self, self-love can often be very challenging mm. it's like doing stuff you really don't want to do yeah like I, I example i often use um i spoke in a prison last year and i remember getting the email from the prison psychotherapist saying can you come and talk we're going to talk about xyz and i remember reading it going no nah, I, I like I, I don't want to do that <laughs> i'm scared for, for a place of fear i was like i'm scared of this and i wasn't getting paid to do it i was like mm. But within me at the same time was like, a, oh, that, you, you, like, that would be, yeah, that, that would change. How proud would you be if you went and, and made a difference in, in, to, to some prisoners, if you could impact their lives? And it's like, you're going to have to do this, Ben. I remember like through gritted teeth, emailing back saying, thank you so much for the wonderful opportunity. I'd love to be there. Mm. And then even on the way there, I'm like, my ego's kicking off going, what are you doing? Like, you could be sat on the sofa right now. Like, oh, this is awful. Mm. Um, and then when I did it and I finished, I felt I, I felt so proud of myself. It was, it was such a powerful experience. I actually, you know, the word that really comes to mind and I always say is I felt bulletproof. Oh yeah. Because I just if I stood there because they challenged me, the prisoners, they were going for it and they were, you know, and it was a it was it was it was a challenging environment, but it came out into this really nice, very respectful space of each other. And we, we I got locked in for an hour and we all talked to each other for an hour after. Mm. And um it was challenging, but I walked out and that is self-love for me because yeah. I'd just done something at that deep level that made me proud and I love myself more for that. Whereas the, the, my ego, what my ego would have wanted was like, no, no, stay safe, stay yeah. on the sofa, don't do this. Yeah. So like, whilst it was a really, really challenging thing for me to do and I, in that moment I did not want to do it, that bred self-love for me because it was in, like, in tune with my deepest value. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That, it's like fear can be the biggest liar, can't it? Uh, totally, yeah. It's the whole comfort zone thing, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, when, you, when you step out, like it's like playing rugby, I'm sure, like, especially a, a big cup final or something before, mm. you're like, there's going to be 80,000 people there and like, you know, I might screw this up or da 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 and you're like, there's a lot of fear. I used to get it when I played mm. rugby in the change room. I'm like, what we're doing here, I could be sat in the warmer, you know, with a cup of tea. Yeah. Like, it's much easier. What are you doing to yourself? And then after the game, I'm like, oh, can't wait to go and play mm. again. Yeah. Because I've just expressed myself. I've just done some things that, like, the camaraderie and yeah. play and creativity. And, you know, it mattered to me. Mm. It's, it's but, like, that's, that's one of the biggest things in rugby league, be able to start well and to be able to just it's almost going in with no sort of self-preservation and that's why I get myself in some tricky situations. Um, but, you know, to be able to, especially in rugby league when you, you're kicking the ball over to them to tackle their biggest bloke and to carry on tackle their biggest bloke, that's sort of like a, all right, 
yeah, okay, and the nerves in the change rooms, the sort of thoughts about is he going to go well, the wonders of whether you know you're going to win, you know the the, the idea that you're going oh, we need to win, we need to win, and then you go out and and then the whistle goes and you're sprinting down to to not fuck out of you know whoever's running at you. Um, you're in then, you're in that sort of zone, and it's like well, everything's on the line then. Um, and it's quite it's quite a cleansing experience. I mentioned before, it's quite a cleansing experience because you've you've not listened to that voice, you've not listened to that fear, um, all those nerves, and you go out and you you know hopefully you you get the rewards. If not, if you still put your full full momentum out there and full energy out there, then you, you can still walk off the field with a, a smile on your face. So it's um, a very sort of cleansing experience playing um, and being able to go and do that and for 80 minutes not have any shit worry that you've had on, on your mind for the week because then you come off and it's like oh it doesn't even matter about that I've done this um, so it's a big thing it's a big thing I'd, I'd love to ask you some of the conversations that you had with those prisoners and, and how you framed it for them and, and what were the sort of twists and turns that you had in that situation some massive twists and Turns. Um, it was. It, it, I wrote an article about body confidence, and um, the, the 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 prison psychotherapist read somewhere or other on a mental health page somewhere, and then she asked me to come talk to them about body confidence because there was, you know, in, in prison it's very much you got to try and physically, you know, look after yourself and impress to, to for your own security. And um, my message was very much about going internal and trying to feel proud of yourself rather than how you look in tune with your values basically anyway i said a few things in that um talk that I probably in hindsight wouldn't have said but i spoke to the psychotherapist before and she said treat the prisoners like you would anyone else and so one of the things that i said was um uh you know, I know i've heard you talk about nature v nurture before and i said that um you know we are a lot of the product of our environment and um i talked about a friend of mine who he was um, uh, born to an alcoholic mother and a, and a, a heroin addict father and, and sexually abused at four. And at 15, he was um, arrested for armed robbery, you know, and, and you can't condone his behavior at 15 for armed robbery, but you can understand that at five, he was living in a world of fear. You know, he had no security from his parents. His, his uncle had sexually abused him, who he thought he could trust. It was like, and he was in a, a fight or flight situation whereby he could either sit in that space of getting abused all the time or he could fight his way to the top and be safe. So at 15, he was making choices that he thought were keeping him safe or his ego thought was keeping him safe. So I recalled that to the prisoners, but I also used the example of that um, 40 to 80% of, of sexual abusers were sexually abused themselves. Now, again, I'm not condoning what they're doing, but I, I was just giving examples that, you know, your past life can impact your future behavior. Um, and, you know, they absolutely kicked off in that. Um, some of them did, some of them clapped actually. And I guess we probably told a bit of a story about them, but, um, and I, I remember realized that in prison, you know, that whilst they're all on a level sort of, no one's got a better car or better house than anyone. We're all in the same space, you know, uh, sexual abuse and, and, um, and, um, pedophilia are, um, you know, they're, they're, they're the lowest of the low, that, that there is a ranking system there. So when I raised that, you know, I said that, and I was trying to talk about nature be nurture, you know, some of them just started shouting at me going, don't preach that in here. Cause you won't find any compassion for that behavior. And, um, 
you know, they, and they don't care. They're just shouting it. They're just shouting at me. And, and I was like, my way of dealing with it was very much in that moment just to, um, to, to hear them and to, for, to own my space and to say, um, I, I hear you. And, and, um, and I'm sorry that I use that example because I understand where you're coming from. And I'm not asking for you to have compassion if you can't find it in your heart for everybody, but I'm just asking you to try and have some kind of understanding that perhaps our behavior in a moment isn't exactly what it might appear. There might be a backstory to why we have behaved how we have, and, and we all do make mistakes. And that can we just find a little bit of understanding that there might be a story to it rather than just judging that moment. And we reached a kind of common in all of them, in all these little challenges, um, we reached a nice little common ground. It was really, it was, it was a real positive experience for me. We had another one about gratitude where I, I, I talked about gratitude and I was like, I don't want to, I was conscious that I didn't want to be that man who would sort of go, Oh, you need to be more grateful. That's your problem. Mm. You know, mm. you've all got food on the table and a roof above your head. You guys need to sort your attitudes out. Yeah. So I was conscious of raising that, but the way I phrased it, the guy, one of them said, uh, don't think you should say that to us. You're making it sound like we, sh- we shouldn't be grateful and we have a lot to be grateful for. And, um, and I, I had to thank him for raising that. I was like, you're totally right. I'm with you. And that wasn't my intention at all. So, so like it, there were lots of challenges in that. But I, I believe tricky. that, you know, tricky. Yeah. Mm. But, and if, if my ego was alive, then I would have probably got really defensively and tried to make myself right and then wrong. And yeah, yeah. But I just tried to be in my heart and to listen to them and, and, and have the conversation with them and just hear them. And, um, and where I felt if I made a mistake to, to be able to apologize and own it. And sit in that space and, and at the end of it we got the opportunity to um to ch- talk to all of the prisoners as i say because we got locked in for an hour and um i thought you I know thought, I, I thought you meant locked into the talk not actually uh, locked in. <laughs> no, no i was lots in talk but got locked into the yeah. to the prison the doors all shut and something kicked off all right and um so i was like oh how's this how's this gonna go but i you know every single one of them showed me their heart and in, in response and you know thanked me and I'm not saying I was in tune with every single one of them. So I'm sure them had, some of them had challenges, but they all were, were, were grateful. And, um, it was a beautiful experience in many ways because I got to see the best, some good parts of humanity. That's for sure. And everyone's got a heart despite the mistakes they might've made. There was, it was, there were so many learnings there and it was just, it's, it's always such a powerful example for me to see that, um, when we step out of our comfort zone and we show up from our heart, like it's a real strong self-love exercise um, provided, you know, we're not careless and completely stupid and our safety is completely exposed. You know, we can't yeah. just recklessly get out of our comfort zone. Yeah. But um, yeah, sorry. That was a bit of a, I get, I get passionate about that one. No, that's good. I like that. You've, you've, you've given us a bit there, mate. You've given us there. Um, oh, thank you. I don't know what what you think. If there's any any other bits you want to talk about, or if we maybe open it up to to questions, because um, you've you've ended on a brilliant bit, brilliant bit there. Um, I can't try to top that. That was amazing. <laughs> but uh, you will, Stevie. I've no uh, doubt. Yes, there's we'll things see. coming your way. See, yeah, we'll see, mate. Um, but yeah, uh, any, any things that, that you want to chat about or or talk about, or if we open it up to people, uh, there's there's some people online 
Um, now, if they've got any questions uh, for either of us, I don't know what you reckon. Yeah, I'm very happy to open up. One thing I'm conscious of is I've, I'm going live on Instagram in 12 minutes. Oh yeah. So I've got I've got if you get, like 10 minutes. Is yeah, that, is I've, that got, right? I've got a life as well, mate. I'll, I'll, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll maybe a couple if, of questions and then. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd love you, to, um, you'll have to have a cup of tea or something. You can't go straight into another one. You'll be. <laughs> you know, like well, I knew we'd chat and I knew it would go on, but I thought two hours would be fairly safe. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I love, I love, I, I love these conversations. I say it all the time, but I love, time. I love these conversations. Yeah, time's gone very quickly, hasn't it? Um, time does go really quickly. Yeah. yeah. What about what about you, Stevie? Like, how do you? Well, I, was, I just want. How do you feel about like you know having these conversations and you know how do you feel about kind of the future for masculinity and? I don't know how long we've spoken for now. Is it is it two hours? It might be just some sub two hours, but. Um, certainly a topic which grabs me it really grabs me um with you know what, what we talk about and, and i feel like it is the way forward uh, i for one minute aren't saying that as we mentioned before i think when you talk about this stuff for a while i think people get the perception that you know we're talking about a different way to be completely or a different i only think that it's, it's understanding yourself better finding your shit putting it in order and um and being able to go from there and live from from your truth with that, um, whether that you're a boxer, whether you're a rugby player, whether you're a, a writer or a, a creative of some sort, you know, I feel like that is a sort of a template. Um, for me to say that's definitely it, and and that's that's the template to go. I'm 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 not sure, but I know that it's it's certainly really important to um, as a step that I took and I know that a lot of people around me um, have took to, to do it so you know that's a, a really straightforward way to put it there's a lot of anxieties a lot of fears around it a lot of stuff that you have to go through and understand and change not yeah maybe change about yourself um, or, or let yourself be a bit more natural and a bit more authentic that's that's a really powerful thing an authentic thing to, to be able to do um, I think that is a template or the staple of what men should be going forward and, and, and that, that's my belief um, and as I say you can do all the stuff alongside that uh, what you wish but find your shit and, and put it in order is a is a good way to start I reckon yeah I'm with you I, I, I want to say thank you for everything you're doing because um, it's um, as I say I think it's one thing people like me doing talking about this it's it's another thing when there's a you know there's a there's an idol there's a professional sportsman who is living true to so many of the, of the masculine qualities the stereotypical masculine qualities but also opening his heart as well um it's it's i think that's a really powerful thing and more men that we have coming out like you um the better the better the world will be for me so thank you man um, no i mean it i really do I'm glad we've um, glad we've had this chat. I feel like we should have had it a long time ago, but you never know. We'll uh, we might have to put a retreat out there, the the ultimate men's retreat out there, or you know something that that we're comfortable with doing. And but I'm got, I guess we'll chat more, mate. And, I hope uh, so. Yeah. Hope so. And and, and um, we're on a break at the moment on our podcast, but it'd be great to, to have you and to dive deeper more into. I know I can blabber, so dive more into your story. And, uh, when we're back, um, yeah. back and running, I'll save I'll save some more for that for that next time. Uh, but cheers, mate. I'll I'll end the Instagram live. I'm just seeing a lot of nice comments going through. Um, cheers, guys, for for listening. And um, yeah, 
we got into it there. I think we might have been about two hours. Um, <laughs> but yeah, cheers, guys. Legends. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Cheers, Steve.